0: Alright, hello, idiots on parade, the two ugly for TV podcast. Hello, Jake. How's it going? All is well here. Are you alive in New York City? We are recording on Monday morning, March 16th. Coronavirus panic pandemic has hit hard and everything is shut down.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, it's all shut down here. Um and as as much shit as I was talking about this being like overhyped last week and all that. I still think it's mostly overhyped on the news, but um, I, I do officially know one person that has it. So,
0: Nate, yeah. I think I think the news, I think they like overhyping it to scare us. The the big thing to me is the the idea that everyone's saying, you you don't isolate because it's just the flu and you're not going to die. It's it's you isolate because. You don't want everybody pushed into the hospital at the same time. I mean, basically, we're all going to fucking get it. You you can't avoid it. It's impossible. But they want to keep the bottleneck out of the hospitals. They want to spread it out over time. So it's not going away. Isolation doesn't save everybody. It just it spreads out the timeline of when we get it. So I get that. It doesn't make me happy, but I get it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it seems like a bit of overreaction on my part, but then again, I'm not a fucking doctor, so what? what whatever.
0: Well, uh, since everybody and their fucking grandmother is talking about it, let's shift gears and we can talk about it later. And uh, I want to open with something different, Um, and I want to do this delicately because I don't I don't want to make fun of anybody. Um, You remember a while uh, we had a guest, a friend of ours. I'm not going to name him because I'm sort of going to pick on him a little bit, and you know he's a good guy. He's a friend. I, it was right when Ellen sat with George Bush at the football game. We, we have
1: a guest about twice a year, so this is <laughs> that alone kind of narrows it down. But well, our, our, I'm giving the episode
0: so people can go look it up. I'm, sure, sure. People aren't going to go look it up, but we, we, we made him angry because w- when Ellen sat down next to George Bush and had a conversation with him, a small fraction of people got angry. And what I did was I lobbed what I thought was a softball like, hey, can you believe people are angry over this bullshit? except our guest was actually really angry and i did not see that coming you know like i'm like holy
1: shit you're oh no, i do you- remember that yeah yeah yeah
0: well the only reason i bring it up is because during that podcast i brought up a guy i said hey the way to change hearts and minds is not by yelling at people sitting down next to george bush and calling him a war criminal and saying you were the worst president ever and it- The way to treat people, as Ellen said, is with kindness, even if you disagree with them. And I brought up a guy named Daryl Davis. He is a black... Well, to uh, be fair,
1: her original statement was more cynical than that. She's like, hey, listen, we do evil shit in the entertainment industry all the time. To get to my level in the entertainment industry, you have to turn your back on like seven Weinsteins. You know what I'm saying? And then they were like, Ellen, sober up and fucking no. Delete that tweet now. Talk about kindness. That's cynicism and evil
0: she's not wrong she is not wrong anyway so daryl davis is a musician black fella black guy african-american fellow and i brought him up because he has uh gotten i think somewhere above 200 people out of the clan just by interacting with them he he goes and he hey you're in the clan can i ask why and the guy will be like well black people is he's like huh well, that you know, and he just he starts a dialogue, and over time, and he says it doesn't happen immediately. It's not like he has a conversation and then they leave the clan. He said he gets to know them, and over the course of a couple of years, they realize.
1: Yeah, I've seen interviews with that guy. I haven't seen his documentary, but yeah, it's it's pretty crazy.
0: Well, that's why I bring it up, is he was on Rogan uh, the other day, and I absolutely recommend it to every one of our listeners. It is a fascinating two hours. The guy, it starts out rough just because he has laryngitis, so. Honestly, for the first couple of minutes, you're like, oh, shit, can I take this for two hours just because of the gravel of his voice? But it's odd. The more he talks, the more the laryngitis goes away until he sounds normal. But his message and the way he talked about just dealing with people and getting to know them and how they ultimately and the the fucked up thing that is so beautiful on his part is he doesn't take credit for any of it. When Joe Rogan tries to say, you got these guys out of the clan, he goes, no, no, let me be clear. They took themselves out of the clan. All I did was talk to them and give them the opportunity to realize they had been looking at racism as as something that was real, as opposed to you know, as opposed to coming to the conclusion we're all just people. It's it's a wonderful, fantastic interview, and I cannot recommend it enough. It's it's one of Rogan's best, and if uh, he talks about his books and his websites, great guy Daryl Davis. So Rogan's latest podcast, I absolutely recommend it.
1: Nice. Yeah, I've, I've seen interviews with him, but I think he's been on Rogan before, man. I think i have seen him on there.
0: Mm, I don't think so. He, I, if I remember correctly, and I could be wrong. I might have seen him on something different. Yeah, I think Rogan said, it's nice to finally meet you, or I I knew I had to get you on here once I heard your story, so I'm pretty sure that's the first time he was on rogan but i I I think i said i think i saw him on real time actually yeah because like i I said i had heard of him a while ago because i mentioned him on that podcast this is the first time i heard an active long form interview not like a little five minute thing or a clip fascinating just to let the guy speak you said there's a documentary on him
1: there yeah somewhere i i don't know where it's at i i they had made a, a mention about it
0: I'm Googling it right now, and... Um, I think it might be a Vice doc, actually. Accidental Courtesy. Daryl Davis, Race in America. It's a, yeah, documentary. All right, I'm going to look that up. So came out in 2016. There you go musician Daryl Davis has an unusual hobby. He's played all over the world with legends like Chuck Berry and Little Richard, but it's what Daryl does in his free time that sets him apart. Daryl likes to meet and befriend members of the KKK, something flu- few black men can say. In his travels, he's collected robes. Yeah, that's the thing. Is Sometimes they give him those robes. But, okay, so, accidental courtesy Daryl Davis. Absolute recommend. Good, good man, good guy, good fella. Alright, let's... Uh, I, I'm going to talk about something I gonna guess neither one of us has seen jake i did not watch last night's debate between uh, bernie sanders and joe biden did you watch last night's debate between bernie sanders and joe biden
1: no i was gonna check out clips before the podcast so i could talk about it but
0: well yeah. i want to talk about it anyway because i know they, they
1: did it with no crowd
0: and that's what i wanted to talk about every single article i have read and that's probably about five of them at this point has pointed out the debates need to go audience free because I think you and I have talked about this in the past it's the audiences are bullshit they clap and hoot and holler and they turn it into a carnival and every article I, I swear read, to God Bloomberg bought
1: one of those fucking crowds the second debate he was in I would I would I would bet anything that he he paid to have a lot of a lot more people there than he actually.
0: Kind He of had supporters, a lot. right, because he got zero votes, but one of the articles pointed that out, too. They didn't say he bought the audience, but they insinuated that he did something. They, they did say that Bloomberg did, had a much better response from the second audience than the first audience. I wonder why that is. But the whole point is, I, I mean, you and I used to talk about it, the, the cheering and the bullshit this is just straightforward policy. Two men discussing without any distractions, and I heard it was fantastic. Not, I mean, not fantastic. The, I heard the the fact the lack of an audience was fantastic.
1: Yeah, yeah. I um, I, I really wish I'd seen it before now, but yeah, I, I I I agree, man. There's there's too much bullshit, and depending on where they're at, it's like it, it, it was playing a home or away game for for either candidate, you know, and so it's 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 a bullshit way to do it.
0: It is, and as far as anything else goes, um, since I didn't see it, all I can go is off what I read. Uh, there seems to be a general consensus that Biden also won the debate. That when asked about coronavirus, uh, Sanders, all he would do is pivot to income inequality. Like he 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 stuck to his message no matter what the question was. So he had it's like. It, to relate it to us, have you ever seen a comic get in front of an audience and be unable to, like they have, I have these 10 minutes and these 10 minutes only, and if the first joke doesn't go well, they can't go to their catalog and say, ooh, they don't want that kind of material, I better switch it up. Well,
1: I said that about Sanders last time, it's like, look, I, I liked his, I, I liked that he seemed less bought out than everybody else, That's a that's a big one. I like his policies more. That being said, he wasn't great in interviews. That was always my biggest problems with with S- Sanders as a candidate. He's not great at answering questions directly. He will always bring it back to his thirty second soundbite on "We need to tax the rich and the one percent and the corporations and income inequality and student loans and health care." Like he'll he'll bring it back to something along that line and once you get into the fucking details about it he's not great that being said again this and this is this is why this doesn't bother me quite as much um we're not voting for a king on this one we're voting for a president the fact that he's pushing that hard in certain areas is a good thing to me because he's not going to get all of these things he wants anyway um but you're not going to have a guy in there who's just going to fucking roll over and do what, you know, either either big banks or, like, weapons manufacturers want him to do. Yeah, we should pull out of the Middle East, and then, you know, eight years later, we're still fucking drone bombing even more places over there, if anything. And I mean, that that kind of shit's not going to go on under a guy like that
0: and i agree with you i have two thoughts and either that or
1: he's killed by the cia and it goes (laughs) on under his vice president who will probably be joe biden because it will be a moderate and a guy who's bought out by corporate
0: evil well i i have two thoughts uh the first one is i do believe i talked about this either last week or the week before absolutely agree with you with when it comes to sanders and messaging because i saw i watched i'm sorry i listened to i listened to podcasts i listened to the 60 minutes podcast and when they did a segment on Sanders, they went down a laundry list of everything he wanted and said, how are you going to pay for it? And he said every single time, tax the wealthy, tax the wealthy. And it was like, when you get to item number five and he just goes, tax the wealthy, you're like, OK, you are not being realistic at this point. I mean, right? if you want to focus on one thing like free tuition and tax the wealthy, sure. But when you say free tuition and free health care and uh, paid sick leave and... Just everything that they would they would throw at him. He had three words, tax the wealthy, and there was no uh, structure to it. There was no, at least Elizabeth Warren, when she talked about taxing the wealthy, she laid out a plan. She said if we tax.
1: Yeah, and that's why I liked Warren. God damn it. As a candidate, she was, I, I get it. She was boring. She was easily fucking rattled in, in, in debates and shit like that. Uh, I I I do think there's a good chance Trump would have just fucking her down in debates. Uh, that that being said, in terms of she's she's great in terms of like the details of her policy. She's great, but in terms of actually getting things done as a politician, I think she would have been better. Um, but yeah, she's not in anymore. What are you going to do?
0: Well, I mean. It depends on. Biden has said he will choose a female uh, vice president. Now, it depend. It, it what it comes down to is, will he choose what is politically correct called a woman of color, or will he like? Because people are unhappy. Twitter is unhappy no matter what. So Biden chooses Elizabeth Warren to please the progressives, and because she's got an astute mind when it comes to policy and laying out facts and figures and numbers. She's a numbers woman. And then people go, oh, it's a white ticket, it's a white woman, blah, blah. I mean, people will never be happy. I think you have yeah, to choose a woman they, of color.
1: I, I mean, I, I see what you're saying, but it's got to be somebody who's really fucking progressive and has plenty of experience, too. If he, if he goes like a Kamala Harris route, they're going to go, wait a minute, what about when she was fucking, you know, the district attorney of, of uh, what was it, California, yeah, and yeah. was you know doing a bunch of shady shit there to fucking lock up poor people way too fucking long and, and, and there, there was a lot of stuff she wanted to like lock up um you know single mothers who her couldn't get their kids to go to school that that was going to be one of the so it she's definitely an authoritative uh, like like an authoritarian type of left leaning and that's that's not going to fucking make people um, who who are more the sanders warren route very happy
0: True, that is true, but that's the whole point, is what I was saying, is no one will ever be happy, no matter what he does. That would be the next example. The first. Well, there's no way is, to
1: please everybody, but you don't want to cut out half of your fucking base either.
0: Well, and you also don't want to pull a Hillary Clinton and, and get Tim Kaine, who makes no one happy, where he just brings nothing to the table. I mean, I don't know that Tim Kaine lost Hillary Clinton votes, but he goddamn well did not bring any to the table. Like, if she had chosen a better running mate, she could have shored up a segment like a a Latino or, fuck, even she could have chosen a white male that had more to offer.
1: Well, you know, it's not that it made no one happy. It probably made her her friends at Merrill Lynch and, you you know, Jeffrey Epstein and a lot of those guys pretty happy. But other (laughs) than that... Didn't make her party like her voters very happy. I should the super delegates, the, the people who gave her the answers to the debate questions. Tim Kaine fucking had them uh, doing backflips. They loved him.
0: Well, that's possibility. I said I had two thoughts and I lost the other one. Got distracted, but maybe we can come back around to it if I have a brain fart that uh, that opens it back up. All right. Um, so let's talk about a couple things that aren't in the news because all that's in the news is coronavirus um I had it open and then I dropped it I sent you two items one was oh we talked about this last week the uh, the olive garden uh last week I was somewhat I don't want to say sympathetic but I said look maybe the manager was just scared like oh, corporate says make the customer happy here's my problem so the 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 employee the African-American woman who was discriminated against and you and I were both said that is absolutely wrong is now suing Olive Garden and I'm calling bullshit right here because the manager was in the wrong and Olive Garden fired the manager said we do not tolerate this you don't turn around and sue the corporation when they did the right thing if the if the corporation said ooh yeah you're fired we're gonna stick behind the managers racism on this then you sue but when the corporation said, and now unless there is a history of her filing complaint after complaint after complaint.
1: Right. That's kind of where I'm at is once, once you kind of read the article, it's kind of vague and it's saying, well, she was harassed after that by people at work and that kind of thing. And it's like, well, okay, well then did you, did you fire those people as well? And there's, this is one that would have to be hashed out in the court and can't really be done in a fucking news article like this.
0: Well, I'm sure. Yeah. She was probably picked on by other coworkers, but, uh, those guys are dicks. um, you know they're just assholes that oh you got our manager fired fuck you well the manager was in the wrong the manager was absolutely in the wrong but now well, and then there's the a ma- question
1: of did did a complaint get fired that she was being harassed by those coworkers, and right. did, did the company do anything about it there's there's uh, there's other questions that need to be asked at this point is what there i'm saying are.
0: i i agree with that but i also i look at it as opportunistic i look at it as fuck it now i'm gonna sue
1: i get it and it and it it seems that way on the surface, but then again, there's—I mean, there's not a lot of details about it in the article, and and it's it's one of those to where you're like, all right, well, what did what did the what did the company do about this other harassment? That's the real issue to me. They did the right thing by firing the guy, but what about this other harassment?
0: Well, and here's my other thought too: is is Olive Garden your end game, your end all be all? Jobs suck. You I mean I have been through a million of them. It never. When I had a manager I didn't like, my thought was not, "Hey, I better sue this place." It was, "Fuck it, I'm getting a different job." Today we seem to be in a place where the response is, "Huh? How can I cash in?" And yeah, that's just just my thought. Is fucking Olive Garden is not your end all be all, and if it is well then that's I, I look at this as a way of getting out of that like oh i have this shitty server position maybe i can get a million dollars and retire it yeah it it seems a bit opportunistic but then, then again look if if
1: she was still getting harassed afterwards and and complaints were made then she's she got a bit of a point i don't know if she deserves 82 million dollars or something but you know, that that's the way fucking suing a big corporation goes and then you just settle out of court
0: well, I want to think about the harassment really quick. Is I mean if if the harassment what you're right. We have to ask more questions because is the harassment uh, is it racial because that is, you know, protected or is it you know what I really liked our manager Bob. Bob was a really good guy. Fuck you for getting him fired. That's just opinions. Like if you have two or three people that are pissed at her because the manager got fired. I'm not sure that's harassment because no. I've worked in restaurants and nobody gets along with everybody. I don't know, man. If there's a fucking, you know, if 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 we're at work
1: and there's there's one coworker who's lighting crosses in the cubicle of the, Guatemalan fellow, and then, Are and they then he gets right, wait, wait, hear me out. And then he gets fired, and then I'm fucking with the Guatemalan guy. That's kind of in the same line. You know what I mean? That's that's it, it's showing a, a, a huge. Uh, you know, lack of judgment, lack of sensitivity, and that's I, I. they kind of piggybacks on the other thing at that point.
0: Well, I don't know. I disagree. I if, fuck that. I say-
1: if 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 the one guy's burning crosses in the cubicle of the Guatemala fella. That guy gets fired, and then I'm leaving little cut-out pictures of, of Bob's head who was leaving the crosses in the guy's fucking cubicle. If I'm now leaving pictures of Bob in his cubicle instead of the crosses, that the burning crosses that Bob was leaving, it's kind of a burning cross, you
0: know what I'm saying? Well, I know, but I'm saying you're, you're taking it to an extreme. I'm trying to stay in the realm of reality where it's uh, the manager got fired for something that was uh, racist in nature for, for acting inappropriately. Now... If the if the fellow servers are then ganging up on her because she is African American and making racial comments, and, and that is absolutely wrong, and she deserves to sue, but from what I can glean, it's more, hey, you know, Bob fucked up, but we really like. Not everybody gets along. I, I I hated some of my coworkers. You deal with it. If they are attacking her because of racism, that's one thing. If it's a personality con- conflict, you're going to have those no matter yeah, what. Yeah, but this isn't
1: a personality conflict. You're attacking her because she she justifiably got somebody fired for something insanely racist. And so yeah, that that kind of fucking piggybacks on it. If, if you're if you're then going after her for for dealing with something horrible and racial she, racial she had to deal with, then yeah you. you Corvett should fucking fire you for that.
0: I But we don't know if they are. The whole point is they could just we don't know Bob either. Right, but that's why I'm saying if. We, we,
1: I'm yeah, not, I'm not I gonna, said
0: if too. I said if too. I'm saying I don't see that in this. But then again, we don't know. We're just looking at it from afar. But
1: that's why I'm saying this article's dumb. There's there's not this has to be hashed out in a fucking by by lawyers and shit this is not one that you can just kind of read the article and be like oh yeah this this totally went this way or this totally went that way that's true i'm I- saying this this could be a fucking bullshit cash grab because if if corporate did what they they needed to do they fired the manager if they responded to any other complaints shitty then hey they got to answer for it if they just got the other complaints in the form of a fucking multi-million dollar lawsuit then that's not on corporate. That's on the fucking other employees. And deal with the other employees and that's it.
0: All right. We're on the same page then because you agree it could be a bullshit lawsuit, and I will agree with you that it could be legitimate. We don't know. So we're on the same page.
1: Right. That's what I'm saying. There's not there's not enough there's not enough info to go off of in this article.
0: I would like to see, however, so this this to me is my ideal outcome, and I don't see this happening because this never happens. What generally happens is the corporation says you want eighty two million, we'll give you you know twenty five thousand, and the person goes twenty five thousand—that's more than I've seen in my life—and they take it. They always look for a payout. Yep. What I would like to see is I would like to see both sides hash it out, and if it is illegitimate, then the corporation says, "Okay, we had to spend hundred thousand dollars investigating this and paying our lawyers, and when you lose a lawsuit like that, you generally pay the 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 for the loss." So. If this is a bullshit lawsuit, I hope that the, the server has to pay the corporation, and if the corporation is in the wrong, then the corporation pays. I, I want to see the loser pay. No, but that's—see, that's the thing is is that's, that's sort of—it sets a
1: dangerous precedent because then— you no, that's the people- way it
0: is. That, is hap- that happens. When, when someone files a bullshit lawsuit and they lose, they have to pay. So I'm saying if this is bullshit...
1: Against an individual, not not a big company like that. I mean, that, that might be a state-by-state state thing, but I, I remember they had a bill in the news, um, I mean, this was several years ago... Um, that the Republicans were trying to pass that basically was doing that and and they they were citing frivolous lawsuit but then it's like, yeah, but then people are also going to be afraid to sue because they fucking got hurt at work. Wasn't that
0: tort reform when they were talking about that?
1: Yeah, yeah. And so basically, you're going to have people who are bullied out of suing because they got legit fucked over at their job uh, because you know, McDonald's has a lot better lawyers than than Cletus on the fucking forklift that got knocked over by the giant arches that fell over him, and they they can fucking you know um, they they can basically push him out and get him tied up in litigation for the next however many years, and he can't afford to fight it now.
0: I guess what we're discovering is there's no easy answer anywhere. <laughs> so yeah, I, I'd, I'd rather I'd rather put up with the occasional frivolous lawsuit, and
1: you, you know, the multi-billion-dollar corporations got to got to eat some fucking lawyer fees. I, I'd rather have that happen than not have like nobody be able to fight them for legit shit that they that they fucking should have to pay.
0: I think there should be some punishment for frivolous lawsuits. Um... I just don't, I guess I don't know what it is. I mean, they're, they're basically, there should, I I think that, that should be on the, on
1: on the fucking, the judge, honestly, and, and the, the prosecutor, I think you should, you should hold, or not prosecutors, but the, the sort of, the, the plaintiff lawyers, I think there, there should be some, some kind of standard held, held to them, like, all right, if you, as a fucking plaintiff lawyer, come up with something that's just clearly fucking bullshit, there's got to be some form of shaming them in some fucking way you know um the the only problem is
0: the is- sandwich board on a street quarter <laughs> i fr- yeah. file frivolous lawsuits <laughs> something
1: yeah we have we have the lady from from season 7 of game of thrones just walking behind you naked with a bell just frivolous lawsuit frivolous lawsuit just ringing it and the, you, you know or People community throw service would be
0: a good one all right this was obvious bullshit you got to spend uh, you know time cleaning up litter or something
1: oh no okay if if you if you uh, bring forward crazy frivolous lawsuits you gotta be a public defender and um, y- y- you know do that for like six
0: months there you go alright the other thing I sent you was this is one of our favorite topics and it comes up uh, unfortunately more often than you would ever think that would come up I mean we've discussed this probably I would say five times in five years would you, would you think that's a good estimate Oklahoma House rejects bill to ban child marriage yes those uh, those small government uh, freedom-loving people in Oklahoma they rejected a bill to ban child marriage in Oklahoma
1: Really? That happened again? God damn it. It happened to kind of
0: again. I sent music. you the link. They, The lawmakers against the bill said it would take parental input out of the situation. Well, you see, I, my 13-year-old is a little more mature than other 13-year-olds, and, and this 40-year-old man wants to marry her, so you know, he seems like he's got a good job. A go- what the fuck? If your parent says it's okay for you to get married at 13, th- there's something wrong. And I know... That we've discussed this and we've looked into it, and sometimes it's because of something horrible, like a 13 or 14 year old getting pregnant, and then they want to quote legitimize the pregnancy. Oh my fucking god! Parents in this situation should not have input. It's bullshit.
1: Yeah. Um. I if 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 I was one of if I was running in the district of one of these congressmen, that damn it.
0: Yep, I knew you were going to go, and it it that's the way it should go every time. Every time that's. Continue your thought because you're absolutely right.
1: No, I was going to say my alarm might uh, just went off. I had some alarm set for something, so um, there might be a disruption in the recorder right now. But uh, yeah, if I was one, running against one of these congressmen, six minute mark. Okay, yeah, but if I was running against one of these congressmen. I uh, yeah every every single every single question you ask me in a debate I will I will do what Bernie Sanders did in the debate last night I'll just tie it back to <laughs> what's my plan to fucking pay for this Well I'm not gonna be fucking any kids younger than sixteen unlike my opponent That's how I'm gonna pay for this tax bill gonna fuck adults gonna fuck adults all day gonna fuck adults all night over the age of eighteen That's how I roll.
0: In 2017, a research center said that marriage data from 2014 showed Oklahoma ranked number four in the nation for teen marriages. That means there are three states above, and uh, <laughs> I'm guessing Alabama, Mississippi, and what would be the third one? Texas, just because it's that big.
1: But it- no, um, go ahead. New York, California. We have we have um, shady Wall Street billionaires, and they got shady movie moguls. You know?
0: Oh, that's a good point. Yep. Yeah. Child marriage in the U.S. by state. I am googling it now. Uh, human trafficking. Know the sign. I'm g- so you Google uh, because now I want my research history to be disgusting. I Google child marriage in the United States because I want to see if they have it ranking. The first two things that come up are ads. The first one is child marriage in the United States. Uh, human trafficking. Learn the signs and join us in the fight to stop human human trafficking and slavery forever. The second one is uh, the same thing. It's child marriage laws in the freedomunited.org. Now, on the surface, freedomunited.org looks sort of like a NAMBLA thing. Hey, freedom. Fortunately, they say help fight modern-day slavery, join the movement, podcast, I mean, something sued, but it's like just... The- yeah, but right after that, it's, it's tickets to Utah and the number of a good defense attorney. I'm like, what the fuck is this? I don't like this. Between 2000 and 2015, 200,000 minors were legally married in the United States. 86% of those marriages were between a minor and an adult. Yeah, so this isn't like a 16-year-old got a 14-year-old pregnant and they got married. No, this is, they say this is um, one of the reasons some satans have fought it is because it's religious exemption, religious freedom, where they have arranged marriages where they will take a teenager and marry her to a 40-year-old guy because they want to keep it in the clan. Did you read... I can't pronounce her name. Uh, the book Infidel? No. It's a great book. Uh, God damn it, fucking Google. I typed Infidel, and then I hit enter, and it, it auto-corrected to infidelity and uh, pulled back. I, 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 thought,
1: I thought you meant it trying to make you join ISIS. <laughs> Brought you to their landing page.
0: Her name... I See, it's... Ayan Hirsi Ali. A Y A A N Hirsi Ali. H I R S I Ali. Her book, Infidel, is fantastic. She is a Somali woman who escaped the culture. She was um, to be married to someone she had never met. Uh, and instead of doing so, she just took off on her own and, in her words, disgraced her family. She was estranged from her family because she didn't want to go over. It is a fantastic book. I'm reading her second book right now, Nomad. It's not as good as Infidel, but, it, again, she just talks about escaping.
1: Yeah, because Infidel is the escaping part. Nomad is, so then I get to New York, and i got to find a job, right? And I'm looking, I go on Craigslist, I go on uh, this, this company called Indoor. A lot of the temp agencies are bullshit, you know, and so, yeah, there's, there's a long... One boring chapter about temp work in there.
0: Actually, you are not wrong. Uh, she she, <laughs> <really>? <laughs> <laughs> she did get actually work handed to her fairly easily because of her story. She was a she learned English and so she started in Denmark or Holland, uh, Amsterdam. One, of, I think Holland, maybe I forget. Uh, it shows you how smart I am. there has got to be some kind of journalism job out there for well, her. Well, she though, was you know? translating. She was translating, and now she works for a think tank in New York. Like um, because of her story. She uh got sucked in right away. They said, "Oh shit, you got a fantastic story. You know you can write essays for us, and you wrote this fantastic book um, and she's a speaker, so she's very very intelligent, very articulate woman it's it's a wonderful infidel I had, but the whole point is she discusses how in America, this takes place under our noses where we don't realize it's happening, but a certain religious groups or ethnic groups or what we call America the melting pot." except when you come here you don't immediately shed your past and become an american they bring it with them so there are still child arranged marriages in america just like there would be in somalia and uh, just using that as an example because she wrote the book
1: oh so that's that's what her newer book's about
0: her newer book is about the so um the transition w- it goes back to her family a little more um okay. and how she the nomad part of it. Is, so the, the
1: first book is about how a lot of that's still going on
0: here. Yeah, the first book is about how a lot okay. of that's going on. And the yeah. second book is, so you were interested more in my story. And so when I left my family, I became... And she she talks about reconciling with her father, sort of, on his deathbed. Sure. And trying to reconcile with her mother. And she talks about being able to talk on the phone with her mom by only listening. Because she left her religion, too. And her mom just will have none of that. And so it's 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 right
1: well, yeah i mean that's the thing is is i'm glad she got out of it but yeah those parents are always going to be like uh because i mean places that do that kind of shit the, the religion's a huge fucking deal the 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 cultural the arranged marriage all that shit is like there, there's no hey i go this way i go that way with it i don't know i'm i'm, I'm a cultural arranged marriage somali muslim guy like no you're you're fucking in it a hundred percent or you're 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 fucking out, and then like you're you're going back, and you're going. I I became a best-selling author, basically calling you guys savages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can we can we have some hummus together? Like, no, exactly. no, they're fucking pissed at you. And that's yeah, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm glad she did it, but yeah, that I mean that is the sad thing about that, and that's I think that's the biggest thing that that keeps people from from doing that is you know even if you can do it successfully, this is this is a um. This is going as well as it could possibly hope to go. Not only did she make it out, but she became a best-selling author off of it. She still, as, if it goes 100% according to plan and then some, you still have to give up your entire family. And that's a motherfucker for anybody.
0: Yeah, and that, to bring this full circle... And we can start wrapping things up. Uh, Darryl... Even if your family is clitoris-chopping savages, you know what I'm saying? And her family like, was. Like, just fucking cannibals. She talks about it. Uh, if, they're,
1: if, they're, if they're cannibals in the fucking post-apocalyptic future, that's still your ma and pa. And, you know, you don't want Mad Max capping them or whatever.
0: Well, and as I was saying, to bring this back around, Daryl Dodd talks about that. He said uh, that one of the things he offers these people that leave the Klan and the American Nazi Party is... Friendship because he said that once they're out, they have burned every bridge because if they were, so say they came from a good family and somehow joined the clan, their family doesn't want anything to do with them but then they leave the clan yeah, and they have that's no one left or if their family is part of the clan and they leave the clan then they have no one left and then it's hard to make new friends he says because being an ex-Nazi or an ex-clan member he said that sticks with you he said that you know you go to apply for a job and they do a quick google search and it's like oh i see that you used to be a clan member like somehow it comes up And he said it's really tough for them like they try and make this good change in their life and they become isolated and he tries he said one of his best things to do is to offer them continued support because he understands how difficult it is to get out of those horrible systems.
1: Yeah. Plus, I in terms of cover up tattoos, the swastika's got to be a tough one. You know what I mean? Really dark, lots of jagged edges.
0: Actually, They're like, hey, why is it? was it
1: butterfly on your arm have a lot of dark, like like squares? Why is it shaped all zigzaggy?
0: Actually, I saw something online that was really fantastic. It said, "Having trouble covering up your Nazi tattoo? Turn it into a Windows ninety eight symbol." And they just add, they just with the lines <laughs> on it and then put uh, the little stream below it. There, there you go, Windows logo. Nice. <laughs> all right, let's end it there. Uh, not too much coronavirus talk because you're getting that everywhere else although remember remember i said the benefits of the coronavirus were all the pollution in china was gone yeah Uh, my friend posted something this morning she lives in texas she posted a picture of google maps and it says monday 8 30 a.m and it shows houston san antonio austin and dallas and every single highway is green meaning You know, it'd usually be red traffic jams, rush hour that time, but ain't nobody going nowhere. So if you, if you got some. Oh, yeah. The
1: gyms here have been great. Uh, You get on a machine right away, it's awesome. Yep.
0: So the, the the upsides of everyone dying. All right, kids. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. Check out the book Infidel
1: and check out her third book coming out. Um, The Burning Olive Branch. The story of how her manager at Olive Garden was a total fucking racist <laughs> asshole. <laughs> it's a fucking great book. She may not get the money from corporate, but god damn it, she's gonna get she's gonna get back on the bestsellers list with this one. The third one's gonna be great. Second one fucking sucked, the third one's gonna be even better than the first one. That's how it works.
0: All right, say nice things about us, JakeVever.com. NathanTimmel.com, spread the podcast, make your uh, friends listen to us. Bye-bye. Later. Yeah.